Oh, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Digging Deeper podcast. Our hope and goal here as we meet is to dig a little bit deeper into that week's sermon, so that way we might dig a little bit deeper into our hearts. If y'all don't know who I am, my name is Chris Brown. I'm the associate pastor. My name is Jacob Belding. I'm the care minister here. And I'm Judah, the guy in the chair. Judah's the guy in the chair. Jacob, your title changes every week. <laughs> I was going to see how long it took y'all yeah. to realize that. <laughs> oh, Judah, that door's open. You're closing it. Um, <laughs> every week you do a different title. A different one. Yeah. Um, what does Jacob actually do here? You let us know in the comments uh, what you think he actually does. Uh, do only, we only work on Sunday? Yeah, I was no. about to say, do we only work on Sundays? Um, and the podcast, of course. Judah doesn't even work here. I'm, uh, well, I don't know. Why are you here? <laughs> to let everyone know to like and subscribe. Nice. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Anyways, we are glad that y'all joined us here today. This week's sermon is called The Most Misunderstood Words in the Bible. If I was just tell you that's the, the name of the sermon, what, what words do you think he's talking about? Mm, misunderstood. You know, that's a good question. Um probably would revolve around Revelation 20 in the millennium. <laughs> oh, <laughs> different where, views. Where my mind would go first. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Judah, do you have any uh, most misunderstood words in the Bible? Um, Haman. I think Haman was just a misunderstood guy. Haman? Yeah. Who was Haman? From Esther's story. Yeah. He just uh, wanted to kill yeah. everyone. <laughs> and become king and everything. So are you saying that they that he's getting a bad rap? Yeah. Or? <laughs> yeah okay. Cool. Yeah. He got a bad reading. <laughs> yeah. I think the same thing about you know the serpent. Yeah. You know everyone. Yeah. Why is everyone so hard on the serpent? Yeah. Right? He's just trying to do. I'm just kidding. Let's talk about that. <laughs> Let's talk about that. That's not what the sermon's about. Um, uh, the most misunderstood words in the Bible, according to Pastor Lee, is the words "born again." Well, I mean, to be fair, Nicodemus misunderstood what Jesus did. He did. He didn't didn't totally understand. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, so the whole premise of the sermon is that a few times in the Bible, uh, these this word or this phrase, born again, uh, is used. And we use that phrase a lot uh, in just Christianese. And sometimes people misuse it or like they say, and they don't really know what it means. Uh, they're more appropriating yeah. uh, the phrase uh, to just kind of say whatever they want. And so kind of the whole premise of the sermon is Lee digging into, okay, what does this phrase born again mean? And what are the implications from that that phrase? Yep. And so um, uh, he gives us four implications, uh, and it's this. It's that if you're born again, you'll submit to Christ. If you're born again, you'll have the Holy Spirit. If you're born again, you'll forgive. And if you're born again, you'll love others. So those four things have to be present if you are born again. Okay, uh, let's do this. Let's... Um, Read the passage. Okay. First Peter 1 Peter 1.23. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. Yeah. So that's one spot. So it's mentioned a couple of times in Peter, and then it's mentioned, like you said, uh, when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus. Um, let's just, before we get into the, the points... Um, let's take a look at, at Nicodemus. So, so Jesus 
So Nicodemus is a Pharisee, mm-hmm. comes up to Jesus in the night, and is probably genuinely seeking out Jesus in the sense of like, like who are you? What, what's going on here? Um, are you the Messiah? And Jesus tells him, you have to be born again. Why does he say that to him? Well, um, because uh, because it's true. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, All right. Well, yeah. we'll see you all next week. Case closed, yeah. right? Um, uh, but uh, his, Jesus' point is, hey, you have to be born again even to, to see the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. It's not something that, um, you know, for Nicodemus, he was a, a teacher, uh, he was a, an esteemed teacher. Uh, he was a member of uh, the Pharisees and in, in the Sanhedrin. Or he was a Pharisee and a member of the Sanhedrin. And so, you know, his his pedigree was pretty good, you know, as far mm-hmm. as, like, if you were going to get a resume from Nicodemus, like, it'd be pretty impressive, mm-hmm. right? He's the guy that you want teaching in your synagogues, and he's the guy uh, who uh, a lot of people that lived there during that time would would want to listen to, right? Listen to teach and and those sorts of things. And I think uh, part of Jesus' point is, you know, hey, um, those those things, right, without being born again, really, they're not going to help you mm-hmm. in the long run as far as being able to actually see the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he says, you know, you have to be born again. And Nicodemus is totally thrown off by this, right? He's confused. Yeah, how do I enter my womb? Yeah. My mother's womb again. He's like, uh, yeah, even, like, even him saying that, it's like, that's where your mind went? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like you really think, like, he's so dense that yeah. he thinks that he literally has to be born again. Yeah. Or was he being a smart aleck? I, I yeah, don't know. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, so, so I always find that, that conversation interesting. So Jesus had a good knack at finding the one thing that would trip people up and then addressing that, that mm-hmm. thing. And so uh, there's those, those three people, people they interacted with of, you know, Jesus, I want to follow you. He's like, but you, one thing you lack, um, you know, go sell everything that you have yeah. and come follow me. And then he's sad because he doesn't want to do that. Um, or, uh, you know, uh, you know, let, let me go, you know, bury my, my dad. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, that's the one thing you need to give up. And so he's kind of honing in on like, like what is your prized possession that you, that's ahead of God and that you need to release. And so I think he's doing that a little bit with Nicodemus because Nicodemus was a Pharisee, uh, Israelite. They placed a very high view on their lineage. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at Paul, who who used to be a Pharisee, when he gave his resume of sorts, a good chunk of that resume had to do with who his dad was mm-hmm. and how and what uh, tribe he grew up in and lineage yeah. and all that. That was just a huge deal to them. And to them, being born into a lineage did equate salvation. Uh, and so I think, I think that's one of the things that Jesus was kind of getting at with Nicodemus is like, it's like you need to be born again. It doesn't matter who you're born into now. It matters who you're born into in Christ. Right. Um, same thing with all of us. Uh, like, like all of us have to be born again, effectively becoming uh, sons and daughters of God, uh, heirs of Christ, things like that. You mean um, we don't get a free pass because we are Americans? That, that's not going to help us? You know, um, 
unless you want a fun dispensational view <laughs> of the Americans are the new Israelites, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably not. Would would be my guess, uh, but well, that's disappointing. Yeah. Uh, man, who would have thought? Hey, I'm I'm willing to hear some scripture though <laughs> if you want to show me uh, where that's the case. Yeah, we'll leave the door open. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, we'll we'll just we'll pin that one. That's a maybe. You're right. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that, but you're right. That's what he says, right? Uh, it's not based on you know flesh and blood, right? Mm-hmm. The first birth, but uh, we have to be born from above. Yeah, yep. And uh, with that, as we're going to see today, uh, there's lots of things that happen in that. Uh, but yeah, uh, so in the same way uh, that that applies to Nicodemus, that applies to all of us. Uh, you know, we don't care about lineage as much, but. But we do have to be born again uh, of the Spirit, uh, which we'll get into. But anyways, let's get into the 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 points. So the first point is, uh, if you're born again, you'll submit to Christ. Any uh, any thoughts? Yeah, um, it's it's right in line with, uh, and really the whole sermon is right in line with Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus. Right, mm-hmm. he, he talks about, you know, hey, uh, Nicodemus asked him, hey, how can these things? be like, how does this work? And Jesus likens the, the Holy Spirit to wind, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't know where it comes from or where it goes, uh, but basically you see the effects of mm-hmm. it. So like, we don't have a window into people's souls, like proper, like to be able to see, mm-hmm. hey, uh, yo, very clearly, yes, that person is radiating light just a little bit, clearly been born again, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way. But instead, there's there's things that we see right, in people's lives that would indicate that they're born again. And the first one is submission to Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Submission to Christ. Um, uh, Pastor Lee goes through a few different aspects of submission and uh, submitting yourself to, in the Bible, you know, whether it be to government, uh, to uh, spouse, or to church leaders, or to Christ. And we, we don't like that word. Um, I don't know. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> Ever since 1776, uh, that has become a very bad word. Uh, and even the idea of kingship mm-hmm. here, especially for us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's other countries that, I mean, they still have kings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we don't, right? We got rid of ours, like you said, 1776 in the United States. And so even this, this idea that, uh, you know, we do have a king, we do have a sovereign, uh, over us, who is to be submitted to, uh, really outside of Christian circles, is a pretty foreign idea mm-hmm. in the United States, I think. Yeah, and I think we've even softened, as a culture, I think uh, Christianity has softened the uh, our, the expectations of the gospel mm-hmm. to where submission to God is really optional. Yeah. Um, it's... It's, you've been, I, I remember, so I was taught this, um, or not taught that, well, no, I guess I could say I was taught this, uh, that you don't have to do anything uh, to be saved, which is true. Yeah. Uh, like, it's, uh, I don't want to make it sound like that, that's not true. Um, you're saved based on God's merit, not your own. You're saved based on God's grace, not anything, any works that you've done. That's absolutely true. But the way that that was presented and the way that I was even you know, practice in sharing the gospel was um, a person could accept Christ and then literally not give Christ a whole second thought, and that's a okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
that's just not really the way the Bible presents it (laughs) at all. As as Lee mentioned, he's your Savior, meaning he saves you, but also your Lord, Mm -hmm. meaning that you follow him. And uh, all sorts of scriptures combine these two of like, your works don't save you, but your faith produces works. Uh, And so if you don't have works, it's not uh, a direct indication that you're not saved, but if you're saved, you should be producing works. Does that make sense? Um, Again, not not trying to uh, mold the two together. Your works isn't your faith. Uh, Your faith, though, produces works, as James gets into. Um, and, And this is like a prime aspect of it. If you submit to Christ, then your life should be heading in that direction, right? And if your life isn't heading in that direction, then you might, if you're not submitting to Christ and your life isn't heading in that direction, then what you might want to do, it doesn't mean that's not the case, but what you might want to do is just take a step back and ask, okay, well, am I actually born again? Yeah. Yeah. It's a a good uh, self-reflection, sort of Mm -hmm. self-examination thing to be able to do. And uh, that's good for all of us to do anyway, yeah. right? To kind of take a step back, look and see, okay, where where am I submitted to Christ? Where am I not submitted to Christ? Mm-hmm. And um, in, in that way, right, this helps us to grow uh, spiritually and, and to live as uh, people who have been born again. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, one of the things that, uh, that Pastor Lee... Uh, mentioned and, and read was the the Great Commission, mm-hmm. right? As far as this submission uh, element, and he <clears throat> he jumped right into verse nineteen, right? Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, uh, and then the rest. Uh, but I like what comes immediately before that, right? Jesus tells him that all authority has been given mm-hmm. me in heaven and on earth, uh, even in John uh, seventeen, the beginning of uh, Jesus' high priestly prayer. Uh, he talks about how. Uh, God the Father has given him all authority, basically to uh, to bring about salvation uh, for his people, mm-hmm. and so I think that authority piece is is so really I'll scoot you in just a little bit. You're a little quiet. <clears throat> yeah, I, I guess I could project more. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's not as if uh, right there, there's this even sort of popular view of Jesus. Like if you go and and on the internet even and just search up pictures of Jesus, like. He's so nice and uh-huh. like mild and like he's just he kind of looks like half like a beggar, maybe like a shepherd, like no big deal, right? Mm-hmm. It's like Jesus has all authority that's been given to him, yeah, and like he's he's a king, mm-hmm. right? So I think I wonder if that has to do with the way that we think about submission uh, to him. Yeah, so like let's put it this way: so so government has authority, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and let, let's look at police officers. Police officers have a level of authority um, given to them by the government, mm-hmm. right? And so let's say you get pulled over. Do you all ever watch those or see those videos where someone gets pulled over and they're just completely defiant, mm-hmm. right? They're like, they don't, they don't recognize the authority of that police officer. Uh, and, and it clearly shows by their actions. Right. Um, if, if they, if they did recognize the authority of that police officer, then they would be, for lack of a better word, submissive mm-hmm. to that police officer. Doesn't doesn't mean blindly follow, right. but it, it means that they would at least recognize this person has the authority to do X, Y, and Z, and their actions would show from it. And if they're not, if their actions aren't showing <coughs> that, then what you would deduce is you don't believe they have the authority right. to do that, or at least you don't recognize their authority and submit to that authority. Uh, 
we could do the same thing with Christ. Um, Christ has been given all authority, and if you recognize that authority, then what's going to happen? X, Y, Z, you're going to do these things. But if you're not doing X, Y, Z, then we can deduce you don't recognize that authority right. and submit to it. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Yep. Cool. All right, so that's the first thing. If you are born again, then you'll submit to Christ. Second thing, uh, if you're <laughs> born again, you'll have the Holy Spirit. Totally makes sense. Or the Holy Ghost, uh, if we're going to look at it from the KJV. King uh, James, 1611. Yeah. It ain't King James, it ain't the Bible. So, Lee said the... <laughs> it's a uh, joke. It's a joke. <laughs> Lee said that the Spirit is not a ghost, and I'm deeply offended. Uh, why? Why is the Spirit not a ghost? Because ghosts are spooky. <laughs> the Spirit's not spooky? <laughs> exactly. That's the point. Yeah. And, uh, now it's uh, the reason for the change of language makes sense that, mm-hmm. that he explained that you know when you think of ghost you think of you know Casper maybe mm-hmm. the friendly ghost who's a what did he say disembodied spirits of people who had died and um, yeah it's uh, and I think we've even on the podcast before we've talked about ghosts haven't we <laughs> seems like remember. we have I've slept we've done a lot of these well, what number is this like twenty eight or something like that yeah. Uh, uh, right, right. I mean, so, for 28 hours, we've just been talking. <laughs> right. Is someone out there listening to all this? Um, yeah, we'll see. But uh, yeah, it gives us, if we use the word ghost, it might give give us the wrong idea about you know what the scripture means, Is was his point. Right. Yeah, so we go yeah. with Holy Spirit instead. And, spirit makes more sense. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. feel with the spirit, not the ghost. Because yeah, ghost is, you know, we think disembodied uh, creature, and the spirit... Uh, there's a little trin- a trinity thing. Mm-hmm. Is like you've got God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. They're all one God, yet they're all distinct from mm-hmm. each other. And so the Spirit isn't the Son, and the Son isn't the Father, and the Father isn't the Spirit. And so you might, uh, I, what, what I guess some people may conclude is, okay, Jesus died, and now the Spirit or the Ghost of Jesus is what oh. haunts our souls. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> And uh, it's like um, a form of modalism, kind of, yeah. And so, the spirit is really just a disembodied Jesus, mm. and that's not the case, right. um, uh, both philosophically and theologically. Uh, <laughs> not the case, <coughs> there you can actually see in scripture when the spirit descends upon Jesus, telling us that the spirit one is different than Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, but two, um, didn't come to fruition. When Jesus died, like right. he he was he was there before mm-hmm. Jesus. Uh, had well, the, died. the baptism scene, right? You have yeah, all three yeah. mm-hmm. in the same scene, right? You have Jesus, God the Son, uh, coming up from the water at his baptism. God the Father speaks uh, from heaven, "This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased." And you have the Spirit in the form of a dove descending on him. Beautiful picture of the yep. Trinity, all right there. Yep. Uh, and so the Spirit is not a disembodied Jesus, but is. Just the spirit of God mm-hmm. himself. It's it's uh, he's his own entity. Is not the right word. Uh, own person within the, yeah. the the Trinity. It would be awkward if Jesus coming up from his baptism, like did some like astral projection sorts of things, and like took the form of a dove and sat on himself. It's like, yeah, he just used projectors. <laughs> That's all he did. It's uh, like uh, what is it? Is it Avengers where uh, Doctor Strange makes? Spider-Man, like, leave his body for a minute, and he's, like, floating there. And <laughs> you Okay. 
I'm not a huge Avengers fan, but I've seen enough to to get into the Doctor Strange stuff. And when a series starts to move into multi dimensions, that's when you know they're completely out of ideas. Yeah. Uh, it's like all bets are off. Anyone that dies, they can just be brought back to life now. Yeah. Like at any point in time. Like there are there are no stakes anymore at all. I mean, you've got uh, uh, the the end game. Literally, what was it? Half the people in the universe die. Yep. And it's very sad. And then all of a sudden, they're just like, JK. <laughs> yeah. That that scene that we just put you through, it, that didn't actually happen. Right. Uh, it's anyways. So um, that, that's when Lost, the 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 show, lost me. It's when it started to move into multi dimension things. I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, no, 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 no yeah. We're done. Anyways, um, <laughs> distractor. There's a just one other quick note about the the Holy Ghost versus the Holy Spirit. There's a song. Uh, I don't know the name of the song. I just heard it playing. Uh, it's a Christian song, and maybe this should be on the Bad Doctrine of the Week. But the the chorus said, "I'm haunted by a Holy Ghost," and uh, and they're just trying to be like cheeky and mm-hmm. you know kind of play on words. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Probably depends what you mean by haunting, right? Well, I mean, haunted, you know, has like a negative connotation yeah. to it, and and directly correlates to ghost and disembodied, mm-hmm. like you know, haunting a house. And, and like I get the poetic kind of yeah, aspect yeah. that they're going for. It. Um, I think it's just a little, it's edging on heresy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I would probably just steer Mark clear of that. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, anyways, okay. <laughs> it's not really the point of the point, uh, but we have the spirit. The spirit is part of our life. If if you are have been born again, um, you've been born of the spirit, as Jesus says mm-hmm. uh, to Nicodemus. And the spirit does a number of different things in our life. Uh, what are some of the things the spirit does? Well, uh, the spirit first off uh, causes us to be born again. That's mm-hmm. one. Um, the spirit indwells. Do you remember the uh, uh, the illustration I gave? It's been years when I taught on the spirit. Was it the pizza? The pizza. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's the delivery. Yeah, so guy. you've got yeah. the Trinity, and, and each part of the Trinity has a particular role in salvation. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Jesus, uh, so let's, let's say that uh, pizza is salvation. And so Jesus is the pizza maker, mm-hmm. right? He, he makes the pizza itself. The Spirit is the pizza delivery guy who takes the the pizza that Jesus made and delivers it to us, and uh, the Father is the owner of the pizza joint uh, who who orchestrated and made it all happen. So, question, because uh, I've always wondered this, as I remember that. I was actually at a field trial. Speaking uh, of heresy yeah, and, right. and dancing with heresy. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll never forget where I was when I first heard <laughs> yeah. you say that. Uh, like, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. Um, um, oh, my gosh. Uh, so, were you like... You know, you really needed an illustration, and so you ordered some pizza, and like you were hungry while you were writing. I don't know what made me think of that. Um, I, uh, uh, you know, I was just—I think I was just looking into what the role of the spirit was, and how the spirit. We we don't typically think this in our our. I'm gonna say this very lightly, Jesus-centric theology. Mm -hmm. We typically don't think as much on the Father and the Spirit, particularly in the role of salvation. and so I was kind of looking through this, and and if you look in Scripture, uh, the Spirit is what gives us salvation. And so I was trying to like find okay, what's a good way to help communicate this point? Right. Because if if 
if I was to make the statement, hey, without Jesus, I wouldn't be saved today. Uh, no one would bat an eye at that right. statement. But if I said, hey, without the Spirit, I wouldn't be saved today. Now people sit a little bit more uneasy with that statement. Why? I don't know. Because yeah. the, the it's clear, like, without the Spirit, we don't have the salvation that Jesus provided imparted to us, mm-hmm. right? And so, yeah. Well, same with the Father, right? Yeah. If it weren't for mm-hmm. the Father, right, in His plan, He yeah. sent Jesus uh, mm-hmm. to fulfill His mission, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, without the Father, right? yeah. we wouldn't have salvation. Yeah. And so, like, then that's the beautiful thing about the Trinity is uh, God, uh, uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit together each play a part in that salvation process. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not just Christ, right? His his role is indispensable. It's not just the Father. His role is indispensable. It's not just the Spirit, but His role is indispensable in, in, mm-hmm. uh, in salvation, bringing salvation to us, which is uh, uh, really, really cool. <laughs> the more that you read, read oh, yeah. into it and... and um, you know, so yeah, uh, and it reminds me of the egg analogy. I forgot that he mentioned the egg analogy about the Trinity this uh, past Sunday. Yeah, I meant I missed that. Oh, did you? Yeah, what, what he said? <clears throat> oh, uh, he was just talking about the nature of the Trinity. And he goes, Have y'all, I think he said something like, Have y'all heard about you know, Trinity's kind of like an egg, you have the shell, the yolk, the, the white, and uh, you know, and anyway, and he even mentioned that. You know, God's up in heaven like, oh, gosh. Like, <laughs> oh, how did I miss that? I don't know. I've heard the sermon like three times now. <laughs> how did I miss that? Yeah, and it's funny because as soon as he said, you know, he mentioned the egg thing, that's my first reaction to him. Like, oh, gosh, here we go. You know, with the, yeah. with the you know, trying to analogize and illustrate the Trinity is tough. You're like, it, I don't, I've never heard it done well. Yeah, I think the best one, well, we're getting off topic, but um, <laughs> I think a good one is marriage. Um, and so... So the way God depicts marriage is, uh, you know, you got two separate people come together to become one, and then God is even in the midst of that. And mm-hmm. so if you're even, which marriage presented in Genesis turns out to be a foreshadowing of the gospel mm-hmm. itself. And so in Ephesians, it lays out, okay, marriage is this, um, the gospel. You got Jesus, the the groom, marrying the church, the bride, and the father is in the midst of that. Um, and so in an ideal marriage, uh, let's say me and Randy, because we are the ideal, <laughs> uh, uh, we have, I am one complete person. Mm-hmm. Randy is one complete person. Uh, yet when we come together, we are one. Mm-hmm. It's like we are still our own individuals, yet we are one. And, and ideally, if you know me, you know Randy. And if you know Randy, you know me. We're still distinct and different, yet you know us both. And and if our marriage is not only one within each other, but within God, you kind of have this this aspect of we're all distinct, yet we're all one. Right. In that, every analogy is not perfect. Right. Uh, and, and if you push it far enough, you'll end up a heretic. Uh-huh. Um, oh yeah. But uh, yeah. Exactly. So, it's like uh, water. But, you can't see that in the uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, solid liquid gas. When, when fully comparing it to uh, to Ephesians, when it's yeah. comparing it to the gospel, you've got God the Father, um, Jesus the the groom, the church, which is really the spirit, um, 
the the bride, all three mm-hmm. kind of come together. Anyways. Yeah, I agree. That's the yeah. best one. Yeah. Like the the whole water one, where you know, you know, uh, solid liquid gas. You have mm-hmm. ice. You have water. You have water vapor. It's like yeah, that that's. It's like no, that's that's modalism again. And there the problem, is. I think there's a, I think there's a fourth one now, right? Is there? I think there's. I can't remember. Well, and especially there's a fourth state. There's a fourth state of, of water, right? Of matter, like of plasma. A pl- uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm learning something. Maybe Plasma. that's uh, m- maybe water is the best uh, analogy because you've got the three states, mm-hmm. and then the fourth state is us being brought into the gospel. <laughs> um, oh no, we're, th- this is bad. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, yes, the spirit <laughs> brings that. salvation. What some other things the spirit does? Uh, Pastor Lee mentions uh, John fourteen twenty six. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Again, you see a trinity right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I've told you. So he's meant to be a counselor, a reminder. Uh, he's not meant to just impart knowledge into you, but to help you bring to recollection knowledge mm-hmm. uh, that that God has given you. Um, yeah. And he's, uh, I mean, he also convicts. Right? Mm-hmm. That's also in in that same section in John's gospel. Uh, he convicts the world of, of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Yep. Um, right, uh, and that's in relation to the world, at least. Um, the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> um, uh, Pastor also mentioned, is powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like the Holy Spirit just chills and is like, oh, yeah, this is a really nice temple that I'm yes. in right here. And uh, The Spirit, so we, we talked a little bit about this beforehand. Um, one of my pet peeves about the Spirit is uh, not that we... Uh, overestimate the but, but we underestimate the spirit, mm-hmm. um, and not even in what the spirit allows us to do. So in charismatic circles, um, or not charismatic circles, but the the age old like sensationist versus uh, con- continuous is that what they're called? Uh, cessationist and continuationist. Yeah, continuationist. Uh, but basically, are the spiritual gifts still a thing today? Yeah. Can you still heal, speak in tongues, uh, all that different stuff? Mm-hmm. That's usually whenever you talk debate on the spirit, that's the debate. Mm-hmm. And and that's fine if you want to debate on that. I'm not going to land hard on one side or the other uh, on that. But first, before we even talk about the, can the spirit cause us to talk and speak in tongues, let's talk about what scripture clearly lays out about the spirit, meaning help you clean up your sin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if, if you're not even allowing the spirit to... Um, uh, mold you into the image of Christ, we're not even at the point yet that we should be talking about tongues, Yeah, right? That's that's pr- much more of a primary goal of the Spirit than a secondary, like, tongues thing. Yeah. Uh, and so sometimes I, I get annoyed um, when the Spirit, the, the conversation of the Spirit gets revolved around these, like, the, uh, the sign gifts, the, the sign yeah. gifts uh, when clearly in Scripture... The Spirit's much more interested about making you holy and right. sanctified. Uh, right, so. and, and He glorifies Christ. That's another key mm-hmm. uh, distinctive of the Spirit is, you know, he's, he's not in the business of glorifying us, right? Maybe it's through speaking of tongues, right? That's like what the Corinthians were, were dealing with. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm a better Christian because I speak in tongues, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that's not what the Spirit does, right? Uh, he's, his business is to, uh, part of his business anyway, is to glorify Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, who's being glorified here? Now, now, now I'm diving into the, the yeah. conversation mm-hmm. uh, that, or that debate. But um, yeah, uh, if, uh, yeah, first, I agree. First and foremost, 
uh, right, the Spirit in our, working in our lives, there should be fruits of that, fruits mm-hmm. of repentance and then uh, pursuing holiness. Almost, there's a verse that talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, I know. It's right. crazy, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, speaking in tongues. Wait, no, that wasn't one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Paul missed one. (laughs) Yeah, Paul missed one. (laughs) Come on, Paul. (laughs) Uh, Now, the sign gifts aren't bad. uh, All all that stuff isn't bad. It's just there's there's much more heaping pile of evidence over here on what the primary role of the Spirit is in our life to, to help us love one another. And help us forgive one another and help us um, grow into a deeper relationship with God and uh, go to battle with our sin. Like, there's just verse after verse after verse after verse after verse of all those things. And us humans, as we're good at, we, we're like, yeah, but that stuff's hard yeah. and abstract. Yeah. And I don't like that. Uh, what, what about this? What, yeah. what about this thing that, that's like, or just obscure and over here? Anyways. Yep. So uh, we should have the Spirit. If you're born again, you will have the Spirit, and that should cause some things to happen in your life um, and, and move you in that direction. Yep. Okay, uh, let's keep going. Uh, if you're born again, you will forgive. Speaking of things that the Spirit enables you to do, you will forgive. Here's a hard verse. He, he reads this verse. This is a hard verse. Um, Matthew six fourteen. For if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offenses. It's pretty serious. I'm gonna point. I'm gonna. You're gonna let me have that. Just gonna one. kick it to you. Now. Yeah. What's well, like the uh, the parable of the unforgiving servant? Yeah. Right. Um, here, God has uh, forgiven us of this uh, this debt that is completely impossible for us to repay. There's absolutely nothing that we could do if we worked um, for millions and millions of years, right? It's never going to be enough. It's like student loans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> feels like it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And so uh, God has forgiven that us of that, right? And then we turn around and we're unwilling to forgive our brother, like something that's so minuscule and minute. Mm-hmm. And, and it's... It's not. It's not easy to do. This is not easy. No. This is hard. Yeah. And it sounds. I mean, it sounds like it should be easy, right? Oh, just forgive, forgive them, right? Mm-hmm. Dude, that's hard. Yeah. I have a hard time with that. Mm-hmm. It's tricky. It's like, man, I'm. I need to like think on. I've got to pray and think on this and process this. And uh, it it takes. I don't. For me, it's it takes time. A lot of the times, it's not. You know, it's hard to to just say, okay, yeah, I forgive them. Like you can say that. But like, have you really? Mm-hmm. You know, at the same time, so forgiveness. If is when you talk hard. about the situation, you get mad. Yes, there might still be some lingering resentment. There. Yeah, exactly. Um, and especially when you know you get talking about whatever it is that that happened or whatever it is that you need to forgive, uh, and then you're the more that you talk about it, the more worked up that you're getting about mm-hmm. it. You know, it's a sign that okay, uh, maybe I shouldn't be uh, just unloading. Mm-hmm. Uh, here on on this person or these people. Yeah. And a side note, like forgiveness, yeah. like uh, I think, because man, I'm not gonna negate that that some of us, if not all of us, have been wronged in a in yeah. astronomic ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think sometimes people might, once they oh you need to forgive them, I th- feel like sometimes people might um, think that that we're being dismissive mm-hmm. of what happened, not being dismissive of what happened. Um, 
it can be very hard. You could have been wronged, very difficult, or mm-hmm. uh, very much. Um, and forgiveness sometimes gets put like very black and white because like on the surface it is black and white uh, in the sense of you need to let it go. And it makes it sound like an immediate, like just flip the switch. Yeah. And they're like, I can't flip the switch. What are you talking about? I can't, uh, like they did this to me. I can't flip that switch. And so sometimes forgiveness is a process and um, and it'll just one day at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so if... If you've been severely hurt, um, think of it as a wound. It may take some time for that wound to heal, but you have to start today yeah. in that healing process. Uh, and so if you think of forgiveness as just a, a one-stop uh, shop, then you may just get discouraged and not even try and just hold that resentment. But if you think of it as like, you know, I cut my finger the other day with a knife um, and this is probably like day three or four. And it's better today than it was uh, a few days ago, but it's still nowhere near completely Mm -hmm. healed. Um, But if I just fester with it every single day, it's just going to stay where it is. And so forgiveness is very much that, that um, it may not, it may not be fully healed now, but the work that I'm doing in, in seeking for seeking to forgive is making it better than it was yesterday. And, and then right. one day you'll wake up yeah. and, and, and you're there. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think, too, uh, you know, keeping in mind, uh, just like in that parable, <clears throat> like the, the magnitude of our sin that, mm-hmm. that God has forgiven. So basically we have to go to the cross, right? Yep. And uh, we, we've sinned against, uh, against God, right, where we, we live our lives uh, and our natural lives, at least, in rebellion against him. Uh, until you know, we're born again, um, and 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 so when we when we go to the cross and we see the magnitude of our sin, right? Like God the Son came and had to take our place, right? And and He's of infinite worth. Uh, we aren't right because we're we're people, and we've sinned against this all holy God. And so it, I think when we when we go about. Uh, approaching forgiveness in that light that, okay, look at what God has forgiven me. Think of like my own sins, right? The sins that I've done. And, and then I'm having a hard time forgiving this person over here. who's a fellow uh, uh, human being made in God's image as well. And I'm, even if it's severe, right? It's not as severe as our sin mm-hmm. against, against God, like in the grand cosmic mm-hmm. uh, sense of it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's helpful, right? Yeah. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's gospel issue yeah. of reminding yourself of what you've been forgiven of, so that way you can start to take steps mm-hmm. in forgiving others. Um, and I think that's a good first step. Like, start at the cross yeah. mm-hmm. and, and go from there. Yep, you know? for sure. But if you're born again, you will forgive. Yeah. If you don't forgive, then that's showing that you, that maybe you don't have an understanding of the gospel and and who Jesus is, what he's done for you. Uh, so, so you may... Go the cross. Yeah. And then uh, lastly, uh, kind of ties into this other one a little bit. If you're born again, you will love others. Um, uh, John, or Jesus in John, said, a new, I give you a new command, love one another. Uh, just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, uh, you, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Which, fun fact, um, so John, in the gospel, John wrote this, I give you a new command, or Jesus talking. John and 1 John, later on, like, you know, 
what, 60 years later or, or 40 years later or whatever. Um, Depends on the dating. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I guess from the time to, yeah. 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 uh, said, I don't give you a new command, uh, but an old one, love one another just as I've loved you. Um, which is funny because like if you're reading it now, it's like, oh, both of these commands are right at the same time. But by the time, so when Jesus said it was a new command, by, by, by the time that John wrote First John, it was not a new command anymore. It was an old command. Mm-hmm. He's just reiterating the command. That's, that has nothing to do with anything. It's <laughs> uh, cool. Well, even uh, later in that, yeah. the uh, uh, farewell discourse, uh, I think it's John 15, right? He talks about, um, if I remember right, he talks about love one another, right? Mm-hmm. He, he just gets reiterated. Yeah. It's like, because we need that yeah. from and each it, other. It all goes back, gospel, all goes back to that. First uh, uh, Corinthians 13, um, of these three, faith, hope, and love, the grace of these is love. Um, love is the demonstration and the, the, the end game, if you will, of our faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, if you're not loving one another, then again, not saying it's it's. Uh, you might just take a step back and just just evaluate. Mm-hmm. Uh, John even says that, and in, in First John, he goes yeah. very black and white. Uh, if you say you have the love of God yet hate your brother, you don't have the love of God. Yeah. Like it's he's <laughs> he uh, he's writing that like someone who's annoyed <laughs> with <Yeah. laughs> with people not living out their faith. It's like it's like. If you say you have this, you're not doing this. You don't have this, uh, and that's true for us. If you say you ha- are born again, yet you're not loving others, then you might question: Are you born again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any thoughts overall? Uh, I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was a great sermon, and because uh, it can be a little abstract, yeah. right? It can be a little confusing, as we saw with Nicodemus, right? Yeah. What even? How do we know if I'm born again? Or how, you know, what does that look like? What does that mean? And he laid it out pretty well for us, I thought. Yeah. And if you're paying attention, if you're still here right now, <laughs> I preach this Sunday, and uh, just by coincidence, my sermon is almost a continuation of uh, this thought. So First Peter says is the one of the verses that, that talks about being born again. Uh, but then later on in First Peter, he, go, he basically gets into, because you've been born again, now this will happen in your life. What is this? Ooh, we'll find out on Sunday. Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) But, yep. Anyways, uh, yeah. So, the most misunderstood words in the Bible, born again, what does that mean? If you're born again, you'll submit to Christ. If you're born again, you'll have the Holy Spirit. If you're born again, you will forgive. If you're born again, you will love others. Are you born again? Hopefully. I guess we'll find out. Uh, (laughs) Second day. Someday. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. That being said, we're now going to move into the bad doctrine of the week. It's the bad doctrine of the week. All right, bad doctrine of the week. I've got a fun one for you today. Have you heard of the TV show Love Don't Judge? No. <laughs> so I think it's a TLC show. Um, yeah, where uh, they look at these like weird uh, romantic relationships. And the premise of the show is like, hey, hey, love don't judge. Like hmm. you do you. Uh, uh, we're 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 here to like you know take a look at your romantic relationship that may be unconventional to everyone else, but we're not going to judge it because love is love is love is love is love, right? <laughs> um, so there was one, which by the way, there's this uh, 
<laughs> there's this YouTube channel that I watch that did reviews on this Love Don't Judge show, and they opened up, and it's like, Love Don't Judge, but we do. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they just like talk about it. Anyways, um, so there was one episode where this man has relationship with female dolls, and we have an image uh, that we can show you right here. As you can see, um, this man, I don't know, he looks like he's, what, in his 60s? Yeah, probably. Uh, has relationships with dolls. Um, like, like life, if, if you're not, if you're listening to this on the podcast, um, uh, I would say Google it, but maybe don't Google it. Um, you got to be careful with Yeah, those you got to be careful with the keywords. Yeah. Um, but it's, I don't know, the doll looks like to be 20. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, Might be generous. But it's a... It's made to look like a real life doll, um, and he has multiples of these, uh, and he uh, just has relationships with all these dolls, like, and not even just sexual, but like romantic relationships, like goes on dates with them and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> love don't judge, man. Hey, hey, love don't judge. I'm just trying to picture. Okay, like me, and, let's say me and my wife are going out to the go see a movie, go eat dinner, <laughs> and watch a movie. And, like, maybe we go to Olive Garden first because we like going to Olive Garden. It's fun. Uh, and then right <coughs> across the street in, in Weatherford is the movie theater. So, so we're all mm-hmm. in one place. Like, just trying to imagine what it would be like sitting there at Olive Garden and watching some dude walk in with, like, a lifelike doll. And, like, I don't know. Uh, I'm, you know, I've never seen that. Have you ever seen I've that? Never, like, I've never seen that. You know, in the wild kind of? No. Okay. All right. No. I mean, it's, it's got to be pretty... Like, I guess it's out there enough that they're doing a TV show on TLC about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I imagine it may be more common than we think, but at least not in public. Gotcha. Uh, which I'm, uh, yeah, uh, I'd be curious. I need to go back and watch the show and uh, and see, like, what does he do uh, uh, in his life with this? Anyways, all that being said, so, <laughs> so sorry, I just had a thought. Yeah. The uh, love don't judge people, or let's say they're working at Olive Garden. The guy walks in, you know, with uh, his doll the first week, next week, next week, and he comes in with another one, and they're like, uh, I wonder if she knows. Like, <laughs> it's a different doll, yeah. he's cheating on her. <laughs> um, I think they did talk about that in the show. I have to go back and watch it. It's been a little bit. Anyways. Like how the dolls feel about this. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and so anyway, so so this show is going into this guy's life and all this stuff. And they actually interview uh, some of his family and his daughter, who's grown up. Um, they interview her. And, and this is what she says. She says this um, in relation or in talking about her dad's relationship with these dolls. And she's like, if that makes you happy, then why would I stand in the way of that? And it's that statement right there. If that makes you happy, then why would I stand in the way of that? And what she's basically getting at is, is like we all have our own different paths in life, and we're all just trying to pursue happiness. And the way that you're pursuing happiness, I think, is bat crazy. But if that makes you happy, I'm not going to stand in the way of that, right? What's your thoughts? But from a Christian standpoint, and, and I don't think she was Christian, but, but from a Christian standpoint, what's your thoughts on that, that mindset? Uh, it sounds like, uh, sounds like somebody that needs to be born again. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, um, so, uh, you know, there's, uh, it, I think it goes back, if we're going to tie it into the sermon even, uh, being submitted, right, to Christ. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, what does that mean and what does that look like? Well, uh, obviously, 
uh, from Scripture. Like happiness isn't happiness isn't something that like that we're called to pursue as far as something that uh, that may be sinful, right? So if Mm -hmm. if we're pursuing, you know, hey, I know this right here. Maybe it's uh, I really really love pounding beers on a Friday Saturday night. You know, let's just say, mm-hmm. um, and that makes me happy, mm-hmm. right? Oh well, who am I to say that you shouldn't do that, right? But in the wake of that, I mean, am, am I truly happy at my core? Am I joyful? Do mm-hmm. I have joy in that? Um, what about everybody else that's around me? Um, I'm going to guess probably not, right? But let's leave that aside for mm-hmm. now because this one's a little bit more, you know, uh, centered on the person. It's like uh, there's. There's a fleeting happiness, and then there's a true and lasting joy, right? That mm-hmm. we get to experience as Christians. And so, if you're in the world and you, you want to pursue something like this that makes you happy, it's like there's there's something that's so much better than that, than that fleeting sort of happiness, mm-hmm. right? Uh, like kind of like what she's talking about, I think. And and so, if we want to experience actual joy, right, we need to be in Christ. We need to be born again. Yeah, and um, I think. We could approach this even from two different viewpoints, from from a philosophical viewpoint and a theological viewpoint, and both of them, this this statement doesn't hold water right. on either one of those. And so, um, if someone, like you said, you know, is a pounding beers away, alcoholic, um, or uh, substance abuse or anything like that, it's like, well, if that makes them happy, what, what am I going to do? It's like, no, you're being a bad friend. Yeah. If you're just allowing that to go on because um, uh, it's not healthy for them, um, it's not healthy for the people around them, and while it might make them, quote, unquote, happy in that moment, it's leading them to destruction. Yeah. Um, even just in a, a physical standpoint, it's leading them to destruction. And so um, a bad friend says, you do you to be happy even if it kills you, mm-hmm. right? Um, a good friend would say, hey, I, I've, I know that you think this makes you happy, but it's leading you down a path of destruction. That's a good friend, right? It's like um, that proverb, it's um, deceitful are the kisses of an enemy, mm-hmm. uh, faithful are the wounds of a friend. And so uh, a good friend is going to actually step in and say, no, life isn't just about your immediate happiness. It's about flourishing mm-hmm. uh, in your life. So just from a philosophical standpoint, you got that, how that wouldn't hold water. But from a theological standpoint, kind of how you were getting that, is um, it's not even, life isn't about, isn't about fleeting happiness, um, but uh, meaning and purpose in life is found in God. Now, does happiness come from God? Absolutely. Um, and and that would be even the, the deeper argument that uh, I don't know if a person could wrap their mind around is that if you want happiness, ironically speaking, uh, the happiness that you're looking for is going to be found in God. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if we were to like take that part out of it, um, uh, chasing our own immediate desires, whatever they may be, female dolls or <laughs> uh, alcohol yeah. or, or whatever it is, um, our simple desires that might bring immediate happiness, but we're missing the true purpose for which we were designed mm-hmm. uh, to, to find joy and meaning in God. Yep. Uh, and so, and, and the Bible calls us as Christians, uh, especially with other Christians, um, to, to help people along that path, yeah. right? Um, and so, like, if, if Judah here is, like, heading down a path of sin... Um, not with 
female dog or uh, dogs, um, uh, uh, dolls. Um, uh, it would be the most unloving thing for me to do is to say, Hey man, I'm just glad you're happy. Yeah. Like that's, that's not a loving thing to do. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think it's really tragic, frankly, mm-hmm. um, that there's, it seems that there's so much of that that goes on uh, in our society today. It's like, especially when, you know, somebody's on kind of like the front end, like, Let's say, let's just take this guy as an example, right? Like there was a point in time where like he decided to start looking into these, you know, lifelike looking dolls and was toying with the idea of, you know, starting a relationship with Mm -hmm. one. And I mean, at the beginning, like, okay, let's say that you kind of caught it early almost, right? Like he had a a good and faithful friend or, uh, or his, uh, his grown daughter or whoever it is. And was like, Hey, uh, that's not. This is not what you want. This isn't going to lead to to anything but uh, loneliness uh, later on down the road. All right, this might seem exciting right now, and you know, yeah, you may uh, enjoy doing whatever it is that you're doing, but um, I, but you know, I think the further you get down that road, the harder it is to be able to get that person to to turn around and come mm-hmm. back. Right? It's uh, uh, we in our men's Bible study this past uh, Tuesday. Uh, there was one of the guys in there said that, uh, you know, it's easier to stay away than it is to turn away later. And I like, I liked mm-hmm. it. It's like, I mean, that goes mm-hmm. for uh, a lot of things. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, let's say like, in, if there's just even one, one friend that's willing to speak that truth at the beginning, maybe it doesn't get to this, this point, yeah. like what we saw here. But once you're that far down the road, it's harder to. Yeah, Cause what if him and the doll is married? Well, God has brought together. Oh, gosh. Let not man separate. <laughs> uh, no, Sorry, that was no, bad. Yeah, no uh, comment. No comment. But, I mean, you see what I mean. Yeah, and, no, absolutely. Uh, it was, what was it? Ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, and, and it could be even anywhere along the road. I mean, mm-hmm. that was the best place, right, to speak up and say yeah. something, right? Mm-hmm. The next best place, the next best time is right now Yeah, kind of a thing. and. Uh, like I said, I think, uh, I mean, you see, we see this a lot mm-hmm. and it's, uh, it's, it's sad. It's just mm-hmm. sad. Like, Hey, we'll just go along with it because yeah. it makes you happy. And, you know, we don't want to have an uncomfortable conversation. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, I mean, those aren't easy conversations yeah. to have either. But. And it all kind of boils down to the, uh, like moral relativism. Yeah. Uh, like everything is subjective. Mm-hmm. Uh, your truth is not my truth. And so. Uh, if your truth is to go have relationships with dolls and marry them and, and whatever, then like, who am I? Like, and, and whenever you don't have a, a worldview that grounds you in a, in an objective truth, then yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Who, who are you? Goes. Yeah. Anything goes. We're all just matter floating around in the world. Um, and so uh, who's, who am I? just a floating piece of matter to tell you another floating piece of matter, what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. Uh, that's the beauty of uh, Christianity is we're grounded in an objective truth outside of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which is good because if it was up to us, <laughs> we'd be in serious trouble. If it was up to us, we'd have AI girlfriends <laughs> and whatnot, which were on the way. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, we're already there. Uh, people have it. Um, but anyways, we could probably circle around this for a while. Yes. Um, be a good friend. Uh, don't allow people, even if it makes them happy, to go down a path of destruction. Um, yeah. 
All right. Judah? Going back to the Trinity. Okay. Um, <laughs> he's, he's still like 30 minutes ago. <laughs> uh, no, I found like a good wrap up. If uh, you have your favorite Trinity example, mm-hmm. then make sure to comment down below and like and subscribe. <laughs> Try to avoid heresy at the same time. Yeah, well, <laughs> you give us your best Trinity analogy, and we will comment heresy or orthodox. <laughs> and uh, yes, and uh, we'll we'll be out there for the whole world to see. Uh, best of luck. <laughs> best of luck. Oh, Anyways, well, we are glad that y'all joined us today. I think we're under an hour. Are we under an hour, guys. Fifty-six. Look at that. We're getting better. Yeah. We're doing it. Um, y'all have a good week. We'll see y'all next week.